Hey, what's going on guys? Madeline Moon here. I'm super excited about today's episode, but before we jump right on in, I wanted to really quickly just give a heads up to all the mommies out there and the daddies out there listening to my show. This episode is a little bit more colorful and it has a little bit more detail to my life, and you could say that it's for mature audiences only, but you know, I don't know the maturity level of your 10-year-old, so if you feel like based off of the title of this podcast episode that it's appropriate, then go for it. But if not, you may want to have some headphones on for this one. Um, Yeah, so I'm really excited about this episode. It goes into detail about some stuff that I don't always feel too comfortable sharing, but today was a good day for sharing it. Um, Next up, I just wanted to really quickly give you all another reminder. I've said it before, but I wanted to say it again. Used to, whenever I had podcast episodes, you could look up the show notes by typing in um, maddiemoon.com slash the name of the person, like today, Stephanie Rupert we're talking with. It would be Stephanie-Rupert, but I've already said this and I just want to say it again. Now you can very, very, very easily find every podcast episode by going to maddiemoon.com slash mbm and then the name of the episode. So, for instance, this would be MBM40. There's no dashes. It's just all one big uh, URL, MBM, like Mind, Body, Musings 40, or whatever. And if you don't know what the um, episode number is, if you have, like, the app or the podcast app, it should say on their episode, like, 40, 41, or whatever. And normally I do say it in the episode, but sometimes I just record a lot of podcast episodes in one week. And I don't really know exactly what I want to play them, so I avoid saying the um, episode name in the show. But most of the times I do. It's very rare that I don't say it. But in case you don't know the podcast episode, looking on your podcast app when you can just go to Mind Body Musings in the search bar and it all pops up, it usually says like in the description episode whatever. Or you could always just go to maddiemoon.com and then the blog list is like all right there and you can check them all out and... Um, very, very super easy to find. Cool. Last thing I wanted to say is you guys, everyone who's listened or not, I'm sorry, everyone who has read The Perfection Myth, I hope you all loved it. I've received incredibly awesome feedback, including it's the book that you needed to read at that specific moment. It's a great book for your kids, for your, your girls, but also yourself. It's brought you a lot of clarity and insight to where your own body image um, struggles have come from. A lot of extremely warming um, quotes about this book. So thank you guys, all of you, for reading it and for supporting me and what I do by getting this book. Um, If you did love it, please feel free to share your thoughts on Amazon in the review section. Those reviews, in the same way that iTunes uses reviews as the currency to show where you pop up on the um, the ranking on iTunes, like for podcasts. Same way with Amazon. The more reviews, the better. The more people will find my book because it'll pop up saying, recommended for you. So if you enjoyed the book, please leave your review on Amazon. Um, and feel free to, of course, let me know what you thought. If you want to reach out to me specifically or write on my Facebook fan page, Please do that. I want to hear from you guys. I'm actually in the works of my second book. I have a crazy goal of um, writing a book a month. I know it's like, it's crazy, but you know, it's so fun. I love writing and I've kind of, 
reduce the amount of blog time I have because I have podcasts now. So doing the podcast has helped me to free up some of my writing creativity time. And now just compiling it all into books is like the way to go. So if you have any thoughts and things you would like me to write about for this next book, send them my way. You know my email is mindbodymusings at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing you guys. Let's go head on over to this amazing show. Welcome to the Mind Body Musings podcast, the show for everyone and anyone that is ready to break free from the dogmatic chains of the health and fitness industry and create their own life free from restrictions. Now, introducing your host, Madeline Moon, a former fitness model gone sane and the author of the popular self-love book, The Perfection Myth. If you dig the show and you're looking for more body love insight, check out her website, maddiemoon.com, and grab your free guide, How to Love Your Body Again, 10 Easy Steps to Stop Sacrificing and Start Living. If you're ready to end dieting once and for all, it's time you learn how to pursue real health instead. Enjoy the show. Hey, what is going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Mind Body Musings podcast. Today is a really a fun episode because we have a returning guest. Stephanie Ruper is on the show. If you guys remember, she was on episode eight where we talked about lots of good stuff, but today we're going to focus a lot on um, female hormones and some stuff that I've recently been going through and some exciting news on on my side, so I'm really excited to get in that. But everybody, if you haven't listened to episode eight of the of the Mind Body Music podcast, go check that out because Stephanie's on it and she's here again today. She is the amazing author of Sexy by Nature and she has a amazing blog, Paleo for Women. And if I am correct, she just started a podcast. Is that right, Stephanie? Yeah, it's my second one. Um, the last one ended a long time ago. But yeah, I'm repodcasting and it's been fun. So what is this podcast called? It's The Paleo Women. Uh, my first podcast was all about body image and food. Um, it was called Live, Love, Eat, and I loved it a lot, and I ran it. Um, this podcast I'm recording with a woman named Noelle Tarr. She blogs at coconutsandkettlebells.com. And I found Noelle, or Noelle found me, whatever, um, a year or so ago and we immediately hit it off and I think she's brilliant and amazing. And she is, <laughs> she's sort of taking care of the logistical stuff on the podcast, which is great for me. So, um, the paleo women podcast. Yeah, we do talk a lot about the love and the stuff because it's really important to both of us, but we talk also about, PCOS and hormones and uh, where to find like the healthiest fish, you know, and our favorite supplements and best workouts for certain types of people and all that sort of, you know, we do all of the stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's really fun to do it with somebody else. This is my first like joint project in, in, in my business. So that's pretty cool. Good for you. Like that's, that's really cool. I'm, I'm kind of the take control kind of personality and I bet that like doing a shared podcast would really teach me a lot of stuff, just like how to, you know, find my niche that I'm good at and really go all out on that side of the business aspect and then like share the other the other half with someone, which I think it's really cool that you're doing. And 
um, I actually didn't know that you were doing it with her because it just came to my mind, but she wrote an article once, um, she wrote like why she doesn't have a six pack or something or. Yeah, it was her first, it was like her, like the viral thing she wrote. Yeah. Oh my God. That's why, so why amazing. I don't want six pack abs. Yes. Yeah, it was good. She's smart. It, it spoke to me a lot and I ended up sharing that a ton. So, um, I really like what she has to say and I like her mindset and stuff. So she seems like a really awesome girl. Um, yeah. And she's super, super smart about everything, you know, so it's cool. I like her a lot. Good. So what have you been up to? Because I haven't really, I've been like pinging you on Facebook here and there, but like, what have you, I know you're not even in the U.S. anymore. So what's going on with you? Yeah, right. I'm done with that crap. Um, <laughs> I like to, I like to winter, not in Boston because I ride my bike in Boston and I don't know if you heard, but there's a little bit of snow in Boston right now. So <laughs> It's, uh, it's not really easy and a whole lot of fun. So I came to Spain for the winter, which has been really great. It's also been really challenging in a lot of ways. Um, it's funny. I lived in Italy for a while a few years ago, and it feels kind of similar. I, there are – well, my Spanish is okay. It's not awesome, but it's okay. And – so I can communicate things, but I can't have like deep, really deep conversations or like really express myself the way that I would like to. So that's, that's hard and it's hard to connect with people. And, and the Spanish people are a little bit, um, it's a bit of an insular culture, to be honest with you. And, and they're not super open to foreigners, even though they like to think that they are. <laughs> um, and the men don't treat me really well, you know, as a woman. Um, they're very aggressive and objectifying and, and that sort of thing. Not all, obviously I've made a couple of great friends and been on some great dates, but in general, um, so yeah, it's been a little bit lonely, but the weather has been beautiful and I've been in this beautiful little apartment the whole time. And, you know, I've been dancing a lot, traveling a little bit. I'm on my way to London in a couple of days and like the salsa dancing in London is like the best in the world. And I'm just so excited. I just, all day I dream about London. So those are mostly the things, the business is humming along. I'm waiting. Ooh, I don't know if I've said this in public to anybody yet, but I'll go ahead and say it now. Um, I'm waiting to hear back from Oxford because there was a professor there who expressed interest in my work um, because in addition to doing this stuff, I also, well, <laughs> more so actually than doing this health stuff, uh, I do philosophy uh, as, a, as a career. And there was a professor who I may do my PhD with at Oxford. Um, so I'm a little bit antsy because I, I would really, really, really like to go to Oxford. So those are sort of all of the things. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> like, that's absolutely incredible. Um, Oxford. I'm so impressed and I'm going to be sending good vibes your way because I think that would be so amazing for you to go do. And um, I, I guess I want to rewind real quickly because of the thing you said about like the guys in Spain and that they're objectifying a bit, like not all of them, but what do you do in situations like that? Like whenever you feel objectified do you speak out and say something or do you kind of like let it slide hmm good question I think it's all context dependent um 
Like on the, when you like walk past guys on the streets, like they say things a lot, but I, you know, that's not unusual. It's just like, fine, you know, whatever. There was a time earlier in my life where I would like engage, you know, I'd be like, Oh, Hey, how you doing now? I like, mm -hmm. normally I just roll my eyes. I'm like, whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but I'm a, I'm a dancer and I go out dancing all the time. And, um, it's just, it's, it's been interesting. Like in the salsa dancing world, it's like, it's a worldwide community. And I've been to a lot of different cities and they all have like a little bit of a different flavor to them. And in some places, the people are really welcoming. They're really kind. The guys ask you to dance. They talk to you about stuff. They're nice. They, they give you a hug, you know, and here in, in Spain, the guys actually like, they like ignore me, which is really interesting because I know I'm not a terrible dancer and guys on the street here, like treat me very poorly I mean, not poorly, but they're obviously like, oh, there's a sex thing walking by. You know, there's a thing that I could technically be having sex with walking by. Um, and in the salsa dancing world, they kind of ignore me if they're like young, cool guys. And it's, it's pretty hurtful, actually. And I, I think it's because like I'm not like they can't. Well, <laughs> OK, so sometimes they try to have sex with me. But here's the thing. If I say no. They never speak to me again. If I say yes, they still never speak to me again. So it's like it's 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 impossible to to sort of get to feel like I'm being seen as a human being and people want to like keep interacting with me or or do they just want to use me for my body? So that's like happened a lot. The salsa dancing scene has been interesting. I've been out to places that aren't salsa dancing and there guys just like grab you and my response to that is I punch them <laughs> so mm -hmm. I mean if they grab me lightly I'll like swat their hands away and give them a mean look but if you like really grab me I will hit you or if I see you like <laughs> there's there was this one guy a couple weeks ago who was like stealing things from girls like their hats and wouldn't give them back to them until they kissed him oh. and I saw him do that to a girl and I went up to him and I hit him. <laughs> so. Oh, you're my hero. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so, that's so awesome. But not awesome of him. Like I, I <laughs> like hearing these stories cause I'm, you know, I'm not in the salsa world at all, so I can't really compare, but I'm sure that if they're disrespectful in the dance scene, they're disrespectful outside of the dance scene as well. And yeah, yeah, it just goes to show, like, I mean, it's, it, I guess it's, it's a good thing that our culture has come such a far away, you know? You, you know what? It's funny, because being here, I think exactly that. Because when I'm at home, I'm, like, pissed off because nothing is, like, good enough. <laughs> and it's true. Like, it obviously could be better, but it could be so much worse. And being here reminds me of that. Yeah. Yeah. It could, it could yeah. be a lot worse. <laughs> um, okay, so... Cool stuff is going on over here in America, in Colorado, in my body. <laughs> That's my transition. Um, but anyway, so I reached out to you a while ago because you are an expert with PCOS. Um, you know, you're, you're so smart when it comes to the things and the steps you need to take. And I reached out to you because, and I've mentioned this on my podcast a few times for all my listeners, you know, um, this is episode 40. 40 yeah um and I am just now getting my period and I am really 
excited and happy and also like when it happened the funny thing okay so it's the story so this is what happened i have it's been a year now since i've had my period and before i lost it i was also on birth control so i can't exactly say if the birth control was really what was making me not have one after i got off it or if it was like the metabolic damage or a combination of everything because I, I can't really tell. I had that period when I had my, um, when I was doing the birth control stuff, I had to go off it, nothing happened. And then I was thinking, oh, well, probably it's going to take my body a while to get used to not having birth control. But then a year comes by, you know, and then I'm like, okay, it's got to be something more. And looking back, I can realize a lot of stuff must have been off just because of my extreme dieting, my over-exercising, no rest days, bad sleep, like everything was just off. And I was just, I've been patiently waiting and um, I've reached out to you a few times and you gave me some suggestions, but I've, I've wanted to take the slow route of just, instead of trying to push my body to have that, I just thought, you know, it will come when it comes. And I've just tried to be really um, sane about my exercise and I have been, you know, I exercise, when, I don't even exercise, I move my body when it feels good. Nice. You know, I, I catch <laughs> you know, myself when I say that. Um, I like that. That's nice. Yeah. And in eating, I eat whatever the heck I want. Like I don't have any diet restrictions because I have no allergies and therefore I don't need to have any restrictions. And because I have the knowledge of, you know, eat whole foods, like also eat not whole foods, like eat foods, make you feel good. Like combining that knowledge has been a long process, but being able to do it um, intuitively and just it come to me and know what I want to eat when I wake up and like know when I'm in the mood for something that's not normally what I eat, but I give it to myself. Like all those things have finally come together and it's a day-to-day -day thing now, which is such a blessing and amazing. But that one thing that was always missing was my, like my period and always kind of was in the back of my mind, just like, man, like, this may be something I need to like start working on a little more, especially when I'd go on dates, you know, it's weird. It's, it's a feminine thing, I guess, just my mindset thinking like, oh, I like this guy. I hope I'm not like infertile and you know, I going to find that out <laughs> soon when he likes me and he wants to have kids or whatever. So, um, recently though, so actually a week before Valentine's day, I had this really weird feeling and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> A physical feeling or a mental feeling? Okay, so it's probably both. Um, there was a physical feeling. It's really funny, and I'm really excited to be sharing this with thousands of people that are listening. But I'm safe and sound behind my computer, so I can just talk about this stuff. But I had a moment where I was in um, my CrossFit gym, and there was, like, a person in there, and I was, like, really attracted to him for a second. Like, really, really attracted. And I felt like in the middle of CrossFit, I'm trying to get in the zone of, like, you lift weights. I like wanted to just grab him and take him far away and just like go to town, like, which is not me. Like that came out of the blue and it was so random. And then I was kind of like, Hmm, that's interesting. Like I really, 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 really want to like make out with him or whatever. Um, and then later, so I also like, I've had a person on this show before, um, and he talks a lot about not wearing bras because of, you know, your um, a, a, the risk of breast cancer and stuff. And that's very, very, very controversial, I know. But I stopped wearing mine mostly except for sports bras. And my boobs feel so much comfortable. My chest feels so much more comfortable. Like everything just feels okay. so much better. Yeah. So I don't really wear that one, like wear a bra that often unless I'm at um, CrossFit or whatever. But 
I, you know, I was not wearing one one day with a normal top and my nipples were like being like crazy. Like, like not like that ever. Like you could, I had to put on a bra. My mom was like, Madeline, like your boobs are like, you can see your, your nipples. Like you need to go put a bra on. And I was like, that's weird. That never happens. Um, so then that happened. And then like just weird feelings inside of my stomach ish. And, um, I don't think I had any cravings or anything, but my, my lower back was kind of starting to get a little bit achy. Okay. Long, long story. But to sum it up, basically all those little things that used to happen to me started happening on one week. And I had this crazy feeling like, what if I got my period? Like that would be so awesome. And then I got it. Oh, okay. Wait, I'm sorry. Okay. I almost missed the best part. Um, then I ate a sandwich and then I got my period. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I talk a lot about food fears on this show because, you know, we all have that food that we've been avoiding for so long that we're scared of it because what's going to happen when we eat it? Well, my little secret is that sandwiches, I don't, I wouldn't say I had a food fear, but sandwiches have always kind of been one of those foods that I'm still just trying to get on board with, you know, mentally, my mental game is just like Mm -hmm. bread, you know, processed meats and um, condiments and sugar, salt, fat, carbs, protein, all those things all at once. Like a sandwich is just a big old sandwich. And I'm like, I can have that or I can have this, you know, which is much more like blah, 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 blah. But one night I was out with my parents and we were like trying to debate where to go. And it was like between four different places. And we're literally walking one to the other, to the other, to the other. And we're like, nah. And we stepped out and we're like, nah. We walked in another one and then we're like, no. And finally we were all like, how about just go, we go get a sandwich or something like something simple. We'll just walk in and get a sandwich. And we ended up going in and we ate a sandwich and I was like, mom, this is really cool. Like I'm sitting here eating a sandwich. Like I have not had a sandwich in a really long time. And then I got my period the next day, which was, I thought was pretty symbolic. That's a moral victory. Hell yeah. Yeah, it was. It was a good experience eating that sandwich and then especially the next day because I, you know, I've talked to you about this and I've talked to, you know, one of my favorite people ever, Matt Stone, about this, like eating that stuff and getting your period. And like I eat burgers, I eat fries, I eat steaks and ice cream and globs of peanut butter. But the one thing for some crazy reason that was harder for me to eat was sandwiches. And it's like, boom. That's what happens when you eat a sandwich, you get your period for me. <laughs> so tell us Thanks. a little bit about this, like this process. Like, did you get any insight from my story? Like, does this sound like something that like a whole year long waiting and then these things finally come together? Like, does this process sound kind of normal? That's really funny because women email me a lot, you know, with their troubles and also with their success stories. Um, But, you know, I find that the success stories are all pretty varied, actually. Um, Normally, (laughs) women never write to me and are like, I added a little bit of food back in and I got my period back. (laughs) (laughs) It's always like, I finally started eating a lot of stuff and I got my period back. Um, Or uh, sometimes women have to add carbohydrates back and it comes back like in an instant, which is really interesting to me. Like sometimes it's like that very month, like adding the carbohydrates does the trick. But I, you know, that's pretty rare. Um, But it does happen. And usually like, um, I don't know if she talks about this openly, so I won't use her name, but a friend of ours, she also struggled a lot with 
you know, under eating and losing her period and paleo and stuff. And she got her period back when she like binge ate candy and bubble gum for a month because she was like really stressed out and she got her period back. And I think that's a really powerful message for all these like women who are like terrified of, of not eating paleo or, you know, whatever good diet they think they're on because it's going to make them unhealthy. You know, like we all have different cures. So many women email me a lot and they're like, one time a woman was like, I'm afraid if I don't do bulletproof coffee, I'm going to die because I listened to this podcast in which a guy was like, if you don't eat bulletproof, if you don't do bulletproof coffee, you're going to die early or, or whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, like that might be a great answer for some people, but great answers for some people aren't great answers for everybody. And sometimes what your body really needs is calories. And what it really needs is like, <laughs> it's, it needs calories for a while and like the bubble gum proves it. Like she had been eating paleo, super healthy foods. Nothing was working for her. She ate a ton of crap and she got her period back. Me too. I, I got my period back when I was in a really stressful period of my life. I was sleeping only three hours a night. I, for two months, I slept three and a half hours a night. It was terrible. I didn't do it on purpose, but it, long story. And um, <laughs> lots of work, long story. And I, I didn't have the luxury to think about staying skinny and I needed to eat food to, to keep energized. And I ate, you know, crap for me. I had a little bit of chocolate here and there and some like oat cereal, but I, I ate not great things. And that's when I got my period. And it's so often, it's usually when women are like, I ate a lot of things. <laughs> that's normally what, what it is when you're recovering from, from the kind of thing that, that you and I were the way that I like to think about it is like you could add, you could start eating like 4,000 calories a day. And if you did that every day, I would guess you'd probably get your period back pretty fast, like within a month. Or you could add 100 calories a day or two or three or whatever. And you could do that for a year or two. And then you might get your period back. You know, I think like the more you like throw the more calories you give your body, the more energy and love or nourishment or whatever you give your body, like and the faster you do it, the faster you get it back. And if you take a more moderate approach, which it sounds like you did, like you didn't deliberately go out and be like, I'm going to eat a lot of calories, and get my period back. Yeah. You were like, I'm just going to eat what I feel like eating. Mm -hmm. And I'm guessing that that's probably why it took a year is because you were like, you weren't deliberately overfeeding, but you were rather, you know, eating how, how you felt like eating. And eventually your body was like, oh yeah, she's not going to keep starving me. Mm -hmm. I'll go ahead and menstruate. You know, mm -hmm. that's my, that's my guess. Yeah. And I love, I love thinking it about, about it that way. Like that just makes, that made a lot of sense when you first told me that. And in that moment, you know, on Facebook chat, I like came to a decision. I was like, okay, what do I want to do? Um, and like there, there's kind of like this weird, um, lukewarm feeling towards having a period that I had and I guess some other people probably can relate I was just like do I really oh, yeah. want it do I not want it do I want it uh -huh. <laughs> and so I was just like what do I do and I finally was just like you know what I, I because I knew for me and for some other people I'm sure but for me it was really like if I eat, you know, 4,000 calories more or just eat 4,000 calories in a day, then my mindset is going to be focusing on that and I'll be stressed in a different way. 
Like, I uh-huh. just, I couldn't handle that, you know, just because I'd be like, either so full and then my mind body connection would be like lacking because I'm so full that I would just like not want to use my brain and I couldn't be energized and stuff. And, and then I'd also probably be like, well, now I got to like go do something and move my body. Cause I just ate so many calories. Like to me, that's faith right there. That really is faith is being like 4,000 yes. calories. This is faith that this is what my body needs and I love it enough to do it. And for some people, I really think that is like the ultimate awesome way, especially for like our friend who just ate a whole bunch of candy and bubble gum, which <laughs> bubble gum is so random, but I love that. Um, I think that's really I'm cool. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> like, but that's not like crazy. I mean, I guess if you're using that, that one, um, I think I know which one probably it was, um, super like sugary, delicious one. Um, but yeah, so for me, it was just like, eating what I felt like every single day, just eating what I felt like. And I probably stayed in a really happy place calorie wise. Um, but I, of course, like I have days where I'm just like eating burgers and stuff like that. So that's why I was kind of surprised for a while that I didn't have one. Cause I'm like, I'm eating pizza. Where is it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work like that, I guess. <laughs> No, and I mean, to be honest with you, there's so much going on that we don't understand. Like, maybe there were micronutrient things you needed to do, you know. Uh, maybe, you know what I mean? Like, there's there's a lot that we just, we don't know yet. As much as we do know in medical science, like, we so don't know anything. So, um, you know, there could be other stuff. But, uh, you know, women ask me a lot, like, what supplements should I take to overcome my PCOS? And I'm like, that's funny. <laughs> I mean, there there are studies, there are studies that show that like certain supplements, you know, help a certain amount or whatever. But in general, like that's not, that's not what works for most people. Like throwing some calcium and vitamin D at a woman, like that's not, that's not the answer. You know, the answer is, you know, be as nourishing as possible. And sometimes like nourishing plain old means like, you know, pizza once in a while. So whatever whatever. Are there any like supplements that are bad to take? Or, like say you're taking something like too much of something, it's going to stop your period from coming. Well, I mean, in theory, you could do that with anything, right? Like if you really overdid it, <laughs> um, if you really overdid a lot of things, you could really mess up your health. But in general, I would say no. Um, uh, maybe herbs, like if you're taking herbs, yeah, sure, that can that'll mess you up. If you're taking a hormonal herb like chased berry or spearmint or something, like because those things act on your hormone systems. But other than that, no, I don't think so. Um, maybe if you're doing like whey protein powder or something like that, like that could mess you up because that's you know the milk, or if you're doing like a lot of dairy, you know that could maybe mess you up because those are very hormonal things to put in your body. But other than that, no, I don't, I don't think so. Wait. Okay. Wait. Interesting. Cause I, well, well, so, okay. So milk actually helps like a lot in a lot of like a ton of cases. I'm not saying like, if you start drinking milk, you're going to lose your period. But like, for example, if you're unhealthy and you drink a, like a lot of milk that could elevate your testosterone and your growth hormone and stuff and make you more insulin-y, it's possible. But I, I, that's just like hypothetically. I also know that a lot of people um, use dairy products to make them more fertile, not less. Okay, that makes sense then. Okay. Um, 
yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> I gotcha. Um, okay, so actually, I, I mean, one thing that I did hear on a, another podcast is that whenever you're taking birth control, you're, I think it was, I don't want to sound stupid, but I'm going to take the risk. Your copper raises, is that right? Is copper in your body? Um, well, I guess, I mean, there are certain deficiencies that you can get on the birth control pill. Um, zinc is one of them. And so, and zinc and copper balance each other. So I think that maybe you could end up with too much copper just because you have too little zinc. Um, you can also, I mean, there's also the copper IUD, which will put copper right into your body. <laughs> um, so maybe that's it. That's, that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. Because I remember them talking, it was like a, a period focused podcast where they were going through remedies and stuff of how you can get your period back. And I remember one of the things they said is that when you're on birth control, your copper like will raise and your zinc will go down. So I bought a whole bunch of zinc and I was taking that for a really long time. And I stopped taking that about like two months ago. And <laughs> I mean, I've actually kind of just stopped all supplements altogether because they make me yeah. nauseous. Like I, every time I take my vitamins and I know this is so silly, but like I feel so nauseous after I take vitamins, even if I eat. So that's even, not silly. That's real. That's oh, okay. real. Okay. So why is, why does it happen? I don't know. I, I personally, I can't take supplements either. I literally, I just, I can't, my body it, it doesn't like them. I like, and I know that I have certain deficiencies, but even when I supplement with the, with the, those like deficiency things, I just, it's like, it's too much. Like my body can't take it. And I wonder if your body just like too much of one mineral at a time, just like upsets your, you know, your stomach acid or something, or maybe it's like the capsules that you're sensitive to. But I just, I, I don't know. I personally, I do recommend supplements and I, I always share my favorite brands when women want me to like to, you know, suggest my favorite brands, but I don't, I just, I can't, I don't. And I, 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 I don't know. I just, <laughs> I'm with you there. It's kind of a good feeling to get off the supplements because like for so long, I've been taking vitamins since I was a kid. Like I started with the Flintstones and then I moved my way up to the gummy bears. And then I got like graduated <laughs> to like normal people sized capsules and even at that point, I'm just like, my mom can like take her vitamins and she's been taking vitamins for a long, long time. And she'll just have like half a banana it, like with her vitamins quickly and then she's fine. I can eat an entire bowl of oatmeal and like berries and almond butter and I still take those and I feel like I need to go throw everything up. And then about five minutes pass and I'm like, okay, okay, I'm good. I got through it. But, like, it hurts so bad. So then after a while, I was just like, I can't do this to myself anymore. There's got to be a reason it doesn't feel good. So, sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do that. Consistency. I like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry that you suffered, but <laughs> I like where you ended up. So what you said I had was, um, you know, or what it seems like I had was type two of PCOS. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, I made up the types, but yes. Okay. What tell us, tell us more about type two, because I think that's the one that's going to be most applicable to my audience. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. I just recorded another podcast before this one and I like, I did the PCOS spiel then too. So this is my second time today. <laughs> um, second time in like the last two hours. So PCOS 
polycystic ovarian syndrome, infertility. Uh, PCOS is known like broadly in the medical community and also in the alternative health community that, you know, you and I work in um, as a condition of having testosterone levels being too high in the body. And this is caused by usually, or in this theory, uh, in this model caused by having elevated insulin levels. Um, when insulin levels go up, the ovaries produce more testosterone. Like it's a very simple connection and, and, and that's the thing. And so the most popular way to treat PCOS in this way is to eat a lower carb diet, to exercise, it's, you know, to lose weight, whatever, anything you can do to reduce your insulin problem. So that's like the classic PCOS thing. But I was very thin and extremely insulin sensitive when I was diagnosed with PCOS. And so I was like, what the, right? I was like, what the, (laughs) and, um, so, so I started, I started doing a lot of digging and I came to the conclusion, I'm pretty sure it's right, <laughs> that PCOS is actually not a condition of having elevated testosterone per se, but rather having an imbalance between the testosterone and other male sex hormones and the female sex hormones like estrogen and progesterone. And basically what happens in this case is, you know, the testosterone can go up but it may be normal, but the other hormones all go down, all the female ones that go down. And the reason female sex hormones go down is that, well, it's all in response to like starvation. And that happens because evolution, <laughs> because uh, the female body, right, it, it can make babies and that's really cool. But if you try to make babies in a period of famine, when there's not a lot of food around, you may die. Your baby will probably die and you will probably die because pregnancy is a very stressful thing that requires a lot of food. And if you don't have enough nourishment, then you're in, you're in bad luck. So the female body evolved many mechanisms to prevent this from happening. And the primary one is that when your body feels a little bit starved, it shuts down reproductive function. So when you feel starved, when your body detects starvation from, if you do a lot of fasting, um, if you yo-yo dieted, um, if you undereat calories, if you don't eat enough carbohydrates, if you don't eat enough fat, like if you don't just eat the things that your body wants you to eat, if you don't eat, then your body may think it's starving, especially if this is drawn out over a long period of time. And exercise is included in this because that's a caloric demand as well. Basically, if you're under eating your caloric need or overusing your caloric need, then, then you can develop infertility. And this is normally like hypothalamic amenorrhea, but it's also PCOS sometimes. And that can happen for any number of, you know, complicated or simple reasons um, in which like it's when the testosterone or DHEAS, another sex male sex hormone, when those are elevated, in addition to the female sex hormones going down, then you have the type 2 PCOS in which you not only become infertile from the starvation stuff, but you also may develop the cysts and other male type patterns. Like the acne is a big testosterone symptom and balding and facial hair growth. You know, those male symptoms come from the elevated androgen male sex hormone levels. And that in a nutshell is type 2 PCOS. And that's why eating a lot of food 
helped me and helped Madeline overcome PCOS, even though that's not the standard way that most people treat it. It's because PCOS is complicated. Surprise. Yeah. Okay. So I have a kind of weird question, but it just popped up and I'm sorry, like if this is out of your, like your area, cause I know women like PCOS is a, is a female thing, but I'm just wondering like if a guy and you know, it's okay if you don't, if you don't know this, I'm just throwing it out there cause I'm really curious. But yeah. If it's an imbalance, if it's like the female and male hormone imbalance, I'm assuming something similar can happen to guys and they can have an imbalance, but they don't have like a period that comes and goes that shows them there's something up. Does this, is this something that could happen to a guy and they don't really have, you know, warning signs per se? Yeah, totally. So the problem for guys is low testosterone and it's like a really big deal. And as a matter of fact, like the medical community is catching on to it like big and especially pharmaceuticals and they're calling it low T. Like they won't even say testosterone because it's like nobody wants to admit that they like have the problem, but it's low T. I've heard my dad's like friends talk about it before. Like I have low T. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so it's definitely a thing. And theirs is obvious is the opposite problem of ours. Our, for us, the female sex hormones are supposed to be really robust. And for them, the male sex hormones are, right? That's like huh, biology. Okay. And that can happen a number of different ways. But, I, you know, it's, it's sort of the same thing, like being unhealthy. If you, it's really hard to, like, make a guy's body feel like it's, like, starving and give him problems. Like, it's really easy to do that to a woman. It's really hard to do that to a man. And that's just a fact. It can happen. You know, if guys, like, are really underfed, yeah, their testosterone levels will drop. It's less common, but it will happen. Um, You know, inflammation, gut problems, nutrient deficiencies, inflammation, inflammation, like, all those sorts of things can interrupt, um, can decrease your testosterone levels. Um, Eating a lot of soy will as well. Well, it'll elevate estrogen, and, and when you, you know, it tips the scales. So uh, keeping processed foods, as, and, you know, especially those containing soy out of the diet, is really important for guys to maintain their testosterone levels. Do they get, do you know anything about, like, their anger management? Like, can you sometimes get really emotional and really, like, angry when you have low T? Normally, it's the opposite. Okay. Normally, tes- normally you get angry when your testosterone levels are really high. Like then you get like belligerent, you know, like that's why guys are really belligerent it's because of testosterone and probably why, you know, I am a little bit for women too. Cause I just, you know, <laughs> but, um, what about emotional, like start crying more? Yeah. So that happens, that happens to guys with low testosterone and or like high estrogen levels. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Like that's a real thing. Um, you know, guys who like have, uh, like sort of what's it called when guys kind of start growing breasts because they have too much estrogen in their bodies. Like they'll definitely turn into weepy messes Mm -hmm. uh, just like we do. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah, it is. It's interesting. Okay. Yeah. I'm asking just for a few personal reasons, but I also know that there's probably someone listening that can, can benefit from that. But I, I also know some people who, you know, go, going through that kind of stuff. And that's not something you really want to talk about. Like, I think that the PCOS side of things for females, it's common. And so we're all kind of, especially in this world of orthorexia and bulimia and anorexia and just disordered eating, 
it's, it's a common problem that we're all kind of facing. So first of all, it's awesome that we have someone like you to tell us about it and to show us some practical things we can we can go through in order to get it back. And it's really nice also to have a community of women that are like, you know, hey, this is happening. I'm going through this. Um, anybody else out there? Oh, yeah, me too. This is what I did, you know, sharing things like this. But for men, it's like it that happens too. And it's not really something that's talked about that often. And like probably, you know, if you go online and you like research for actual medical um, websites and resources and stuff, but in our little world of holistic health, I don't think it's one thing that is spoken about, you know, on every podcast. It's just like not that out there as PCOS is. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because it's really obvious for us when things go wrong. You know, it's like you're you're not menstruating. Like, yeah, that's that's a thing. You know, and and our symptoms come up, and they, you know, it, it happens. It probably, you know, it happens more often, but for guys, it's a lot more under the surface, you know, like you, there's no real, like big outer markers. If your sex drive drops and you get a little bit more emotional, you know, mm-hmm. but it's real. Totally. So this, um, this has been amazing. I'm really glad that we got to talk about this and I got to share my story with you. <laughs> My super fun story. I really hope I'm planning and counting on um, it revisiting next month for me to see it again. I hope I'm not. Yeah, it will. Okay, cool. (laughs) I had the same thing. It will. Okay. Um, Is there anything else you want to share with my audience, what you're doing and what we can expect from, from you in the future? Um, I have, I mean, I could tell you all the things I'm working on. There's a lot in the works. Um, I recently published a book on weight loss, but not in the weight loss, like the get six pack thing, but in weight loss and like that, I want to help you be healthy and active way. So there's that. Um, I'm working on a book for acne because I, I, I specialize in acne as well with a paleo rock star who I don't know if I'm allowed to say who it is yet, but she's pretty awesome. And um, she may have a book on acne out there already, if that helps give any hints to anybody. Um, (laughs) and, um, I have a book on eating for, to support your body through stress coming out soon. And most importantly, I have finally, um, restarted. I've finally picked up writing love is the new skinny, which was my, um, I was working on that a little while ago. And it's, I'm calling it a theory of human beauty and basically talking about what I believe makes people beautiful and, and how we're doing it wrong and, and, and how we're doing it right. And um, I'm super excited about it. So those are all of the things. And you can find them at my blog and whatever. I'm easy to find. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. And I'm going yeah. to have the links to um, Stephanie's website on the show notes for this. This is maddiemoon.com slash mbm40. Thank you uh, so much, Stephanie, for coming on the show. This was really spur of the moment, but I'm glad that I got to get you on here and talk a little bit about hormones because that's always fun stuff. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, love. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, Head on over to my website. Check out the show notes for this and see what Stephanie is up to. And while you're there, 
Download the free ebook, How to Love Your Body Again, and start reading about how to get a better body image and more self-love for yourself because you deserve it. So we'll see you next week. See ya.